0: to the voice of V podcast where i talk about things that matter to me might matter to you and in the end just might foster an understanding of perspectives realities and what makes us who we are we live in love in a great big diverse society of people and until we start to talk to listen and think we're not going to make progress sometimes heavy sometimes not but always From a place of good with an intent to do no harm. That being said, I make mistakes. So feel free to reach out and let's talk about it. I am V, so let's get to it. First off, I wanted to mention, if you are new to the podcast, if you stumbled upon it just you know on your way of just thumbing through a podcast, I encourage you to check out the trailer. Um, it'll give you a little bit more insight as to exactly what I talk about and sort of where I'm coming from, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that being said, this is Wednesday where we do the more upbeat portions. Um, and I ran across a very interesting story. Um, Northwestern University, um, researchers there have come up with this ribbon-like device, that is implanted during surgeries wrapped around whatever the appropriate nerves are and it eliminates the need for prescribing um, addictive pain pills post-surgery. It's a, even though it's a device, I mean it looks kind of like, at least the the illustration that I saw, it looks almost like a a clear ribbon with, it, it looks like little little wires through it, but it's not. I think it's just a dark color. Um, but <clears throat> it's a water-soluble device that dissolves and doesn't need to be removed. And it works to cool the nerves and disrupt pain signals. And my first thought was exactly what they, they spoke about was um, eliminating um, or reducing. Um, opioid addictions as a result of people kind of overdoing it with pain pills after surgery but then I was thinking wow, what if this eventually can go a step further to be a permanent solution that doctors can program to help those with severe or chronic pain um, It's just a very interesting story there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot to it and I haven't had a chance to go do any more research, but what an intriguing um, discovery. I, I, think, I think we're all aware of, you know, how complicated the brain is and the nerves. And I'm sure we've all heard of nerve blocks uh, for various things. But this being a temporary dissolving device, it's just that's very interesting. People can have their surgeries, um, go home, don't have to worry about... Um, getting themselves into an opioid addiction state. And that's just, I just thought that was a really wonderful story. I like seeing these types of things, especially um, as it centers around pain. Pain is such a complicated uh, subject, and it's, it's not something that, you know, you can just look at a leg with an open wound and go, okay, that's obviously pain. There's so much about pain that we we don't understand, and anyone who suffers with chronic pain, um, the frustration that they live with. I, I hope that, that this type of device can can lead to something that's, you know, something where we can do some sort of a disruption instead of pharmaceuticals. I'm sure the pharmaceutical industry doesn't want to hear that. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there, myself included, that do not like taking these pills. Um, I myself have taken very few uh, because I'm, I'm keenly aware of the dangers, and I never wanted to find myself battling that type of addiction. So anyway, check it out. I mean, keep your eyes open, Northwestern University. Uh, very interesting. Um, one of the other things I saw was, and I think this was out of Britain where they have invent, There's a gentleman who, through his own experience with his grandfather, I believe, who is now deaf, and the story said something about... I think it was a, a holiday gathering, and his grandfather just sat unable to participate in the conversations because he couldn't hear. He went on to come up with this really cool idea that that wouldn't really help so much in that situation, but it would for phone conversations. And they are glasses for deaf persons to be able to see conversations they're having on their phone. They attach to the phone through a cord, and then the glasses project the conversation that they're hearing in words, so that they can read what the other person is saying. This is just genius. Um, I believe that September is the target for the first round of getting some of these out to be tested. Um, admittedly, they said that in a room, uh, or in a room, or in a phone conversation where people are talking over each other, it can accommodate that um, because it the translating just becomes muddled i assume but you know maybe that maybe that needs to teach us about how we have conversations about you know maybe we shouldn't talk over each other to begin with it's a hard skill to learn we're all guilty of it um but really cool glasses for deaf persons amazing it's almost like a heads up display in the glasses of what they are hearing um really cool i'm definitely going to stay after that one because if that's something that can be even more fine-tuned that that's just that's a huge huge win um for people who suffer from hearing loss um so yeah really really cool um the other thing is preparing for my next photography and camping trip um originally I was going to go up to the next trip was going to be up to the area between Great Falls and Helena. And I think I'm going to push that one down one trip. And I think I'm going to take a trip through central Wyoming. Um, I've been to Bighorn Canyon, but I'd like to go further south through the state. There's a couple of places there that that I want to explore. And so I'm planning to do that. And it's all dependent, date dependent on Not really so much the weather because it it really has to do with when the camper shell gets here for my truck that will allow me to camp. And that's probably going to be near the end of September. So so maybe the beginning of October, I'll be heading out on a really cool photo trip. Um, It'll definitely be cooler then, which will be nice. Um, The nights here are starting to get much more tolerable and the days are are inching downward out of the upper 90s into the upper 80s and lower 90s, so we're getting there, not much more, and it'll be a glorious fall-feeling weather here in uh, Montana. So, yeah, so I'm planning that trip, and I'm hoping to do some night photography. Uh, The Bighorn Canyon is definitely an excellent place for that. If you've never been there and you're ever in the area, um... I can highly recommend it. It's an absolutely beautiful place. Beautiful place. There are wild horses. Um there are bighorn sheep and the canyons are just they're spectacular and the rivers beautiful. Um so yeah, so that's that's the upcoming photo trip. Trip number 2. The first one was the camping preparation trip. This will be trip number 2 and I'm hoping to do that in about a month or so. Um so hopefully I'll have something to discuss with that. Um, saw a little funny story about, well, it's not funny, actually. Um, kind of speaks to about not judging a book by its cover kind of, kind of theme. Um, and it was basically saying that we could learn a lot from a watermelon. And I know, as that sounds, that sounds kind of silly, Um, But a lot of times when we pick our fruits and vegetables, we look at the outside, (coughs) excuse me, as an indicator of the goodness on the inside. And in the in the case of watermelon, picking the outside being the most beautiful is not going to get you the sweetest watermelon. In fact, watermelons with large yellow patches or lots of webbing around the outside that you can usually see against the yellow or whitish patches, and dark spots. These are actually the sweeter watermelons, and so the lesson of course is definitely don't judge a book by its cover, and the sweetest, the sweetest watermelon may be the one that doesn't look so nice on the outside or isn't so perfect looking on the outside, Anyway, I just thought that was just an interesting little story. The other, this is the biggest thing I ran across this past week. Um, do you ever wonder, have you ever left anything in a library book? Uh, most people would think, oh, a bookmark. Yeah, sure, I've probably left a bookmark or two. Um, but, but I think more often than not, something other than an actual bookmark might be used as a bookmark. Or you may just temporarily put something in a book um, for whatever reason, either to flatten it. I I, I remember flattening four-leaf clovers if you were lucky enough to find one. Um, But there is a librarian out of um, Oakland who, it's the Oakland Public Library, who has been collecting forgotten things that have been left in library books. And she originally started this collection just as something she was doing for herself, and then other staff members started, you know, adding to this collection, and it became a massive collection over the years. Family photos, um, coupons, bookmarks, of course, concert tickets, um, different recipes, and you can actually go on to the city of Oakland's Public library site and there is a digital display of all of these things that have been found and left in books over the years. It's amazing. It is amazing the things that are in this collection. There's a picture of Billie Holiday. There's a hologram. There's a postcard from Hawaii. I I mean it's unbelievable the things that have been found. It's like these little, these little moments out of someone's life, and I encourage you, I'll, I'll leave a link um, to the website in the show notes um, so you can go have a look. Um, some of these things, I'm kind of looking through them right now, actually, sketches, um, letters to loved ones, letters to friends, letters to self. Um, again, there's, there's tickets. You can tell that, that some of the sketches were done by young people, um, some by adults. Some are uplifting, some are a little more daunting. There's some birthday messages, and then it, it, there's even little math problems, probably from, I don't know, second or third grader. And these were just things that she just continued to collect, and now they are an exhibit on the website, in digital form, scans, basically, or pictures of the things that have been left. Um, there's even an artifact from one of my favorite authors, uh, Edgar Allan Poe. And it's it's an intriguing little display. They actually had a, um, I think it's in the past, I think it was on August, the, it was in the beginning of August, they actually had a... Um, kind of like a a, an open viewing of all of these items um at the library and what a cool thing that would be to go see because depending on you know the age of the person or when it was actually found I mean think about this a prepaid phone card and there was one from another country stuck in one prepaid phone cards I don't think are still around um They've been gone a little while, correct me if I'm wrong, I might be wrong, um, but just crazy cool things. It's just, it's a really excellent, um, collection, and what a great idea, uh, that this librarian had come up with. Her name is, uh, Sharon McKellar, and again, she's the librarian at the Oakland Public Library in, in Oakland, California, and, um, just check it out. It's 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 a very cool exhibit, and I, again, I'll leave it in the show notes for you to check out. When I mentioned um, in a in a previous podcast about Sundays versus Wednesdays, and the, the objective and the reason for wanting to do, you know, serious Sundays and more upbeat Wednesdays was a to sort of pull myself out of the doom scrolling of, you know, the gloom and doom that is the news every day and the things that go on around us. And, and something I observed, it, you know, there's a lot of positive, inspiring, and good news websites out there, but I noticed something and maybe I just haven't done quite enough research or maybe somebody could clue me in to a good news, positive, inspiring website that is based here in the United States. Because something I noticed was most of the ones, the main ones that I've found that are either rated in the top five or the best places of or the top ten or whatever for good news, inspiring stories um, about people, science, education, music, anything... They all seem to be based out of Europe. Um, I don't find too many based here in the U.S. And it got me to thinking either... I know that there are good news portions that exist as sections of our most common mainstream news sources in the United States. And that's fine. But I'm just curious, where, you know... Have you ever run across a really good quality US-based news website um, that shares positive things about young people and um, good things being done and inspiring stories of inspiration and whatnot? Let me know. Drop me an email at the Voice of at gmail.com and I, I would love to hear. Uh, many of the sites that you've found. Um, I, th- I think it's important to, you know, find the good news out there, and that's kind of what Upbeat Wednesdays is about. So, let me know if you know of some places, because I'm always looking for some interesting reads and something to sort of balance out the gloom and doom of everything that we all are surrounded with every single day. Um... That's about all I have for today. I appreciate you taking the time to tune in. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to share it on any of the socials. Tell your friends. Um, Follow the link in the show notes. There's a number of ways that you can contribute if you like. Take care of yourself. Take some time for yourself. And I will be you next week.